Hi, this is AZ. Welcome to the first episode. In this episode, I'm going to talk about being potential conscious. The underdogs who transformed themselves to greats, they always being conscious about their potential within. They might have been beaten down, bruised, and licking their wound and defeated, but these were realities. They were based on their potential, who they could become, not based on who they were right there at that moment. I personally believe that these underdogs who transformed themselves into greats, they're like farmers. A farmer, for example, he doesn't look at the seeds in his bag as they are. No, he sees them as what they could become. Actually, that farmer bases even bit on those seeds for the survival of himself and his family the whole year. What about people who have had driven their cars on freeway where there are no limits of speed? They fully understand the potential of their cars because they driven them to the max. But some people, you know, they travel to other countries and, you know, they're told, hey, you can drive, you know, without any limit. Here is my car. Most of them were frightened because they have been limited by, you know, 35 miles per hour or 65 miles per hour. When they are given, you know, limitless opportunity, they couldn't do it. They couldn't take it more than 100 miles per hour. No, they don't take it, push it to 250 miles per hour. The car has the potential. Actually, they need someone to sit down with them who has been, you know, breaking limits. Somebody who has driven on that freeway to help them break the limits. Sometimes, you know, you and I, we need some people like coaches, mentors to help us break our own limits. For now, I could be your cheerleader to help you focus on your potential. I want to give you a couple of ways you could start to be potential conscious. I'm giving you this because, remember, ourselves, we may tend to focus on realities, what's happening now, not who we could become next year or next decade, and also other people. Consciously or unconsciously, they may treat us as who we are today without considering our potential, who we could become. The first thing I encourage you to do is, whenever you get up early morning, always stand in front of your mirror and talk to yourself based on your potential. Of course, you know, it's very hard. On the, on the other side of the mirror, you see yourself maybe beaten down the previous nights or the previous month. You may have a lot of challenges, obstacles to overcome. Maybe you're depressed, sad, unhappy. How can you cheer yourself while you are feeling this? I'm not saying fake it. Accept the reality. Yes, you've been beaten. Yes, you've been bruised. Yes, you've been disappointed. Yes, you've been let down. Yes, you have a lot of odds to overcome, but 
these all pass. You can have a new opportunity that day, that month, that year, that decade for you. You can speak to yourself based on your potential, the potential that you have, because the potential, the unlimited potential in you can overcome these things. If not now, the next day, the next month, the next week. So pat yourself on your shoulder, tell yourself, I have the potential, what it takes to overcome this, to handle this. These all pass and become testimonies. These all wounds that I have, they will become scars. I'm going to talk about them in the future. You can cheer up yourself on a daily basis, not based on the realities, but based on your potential. Another thing I suggest to you is whenever you make conversation, especially with the people that are very close to you, the people who care about you, pay attention, be alarmed, not to talk based on the realities. It's very tempting for people who care about you, come to you and want to talk about what's wrong, want to talk about your defeats, your disappointments, what's not working. Because that's the way they think, they show their love, they care for you. But for underdogs, that's not the right way. You are still having a wound. It doesn't heal quickly if you keep on uncovering it, talk about it, irritate it. It doesn't heal. There will come a time where you can talk about it when it becomes a scar. But right now, right here, it's no time to talk about it. I remember... It's like 12 years ago, I was working as a software engineer for a multinational, multi-billion dollar company. I was enthusiastic, happy, but you know, I was ambitious. I, yes, I was a tech guy and a software engineer, but I was very vocal, suggesting strategies, how to take the company to the next level, all kinds of things. And I think I irritated some people and they wanted to push me out. I don't want to mention the company or the people because I respect the company. I like the people. I think maybe that was me because, you know, they were thinking, this guy is just a software engineer down there you know, in the hierarchy. Why is he acting like that? I don't know. But I could be able to see that they wanted me to be out. They put some preconditions. And I thought, I, I can overcome this, but it doesn't stop there. They wanted, they wanted me to lower my expectations and act and behave the way they wanted me. I didn't want to do it. It's very important to me. If you don't respect yourself, nobody respects you. As an underdog, if you talk about less and small stuff, it's very hard for you as an underdog. So I resisted that and I actually resigned. But some people heard about me being fired. And some of these people actually... They never called me when I had some success to celebrate. For example, there was a time where I was appreciated in a company-wide meeting, thousands of people sitting there. The manager was appreciating me, putting my picture uh, on a slide. They didn't call me then. I could be able to negotiate with the management and help the immigrants in that company get some kind of benefits like, you know, their tuitions being paid, getting H-1V visa and so on. They didn't call me when we had those 
chances to celebrate success, but they called me the moment they heard that I was fired. I believe they cared about me, but I didn't know their number, so I didn't pick it, but I heard their voice in the voice message. They were saying like, you know, AZ, sorry, we heard, we heard that you were fired. We were expecting you to really, you know, go this far. We, sorry, I know how bad it is and I can feel, you know, how you're feeling. Sorry. And if you want to talk to me, if you need anything, please reach out to me. And they gave me their numbers. You know what I did. For me, actually, when I remember it exactly, when I resigned and walked out, giving my ID and the stuff they gave me, the cell phone and so on, I looked back to the building of the company and I said, I'm coming back. Not as a software engineer, because at that time I was looking for opportunities to pursue my passion, which is empowering others. So I said, I will come back to this company as a trainer, as a coach, where my passion is. And I know they will invite me. I'm sure right now if I submit a proposal and say, you know, I can help you, I know the company, and so on, they would invite me. The point is this. I'm not trying to brag here. It's not about me. But I'm telling you that back then when I walked out from that company, I was not thinking like, oh, they pushed me out. Oh, my. But I didn't feel. I I didn't want to have a pity party. I don't want to talk about that wound. It was a setback. I didn't like that. I was not happy, but I was not beaten down. I don't want to make conversation with the people right there, right right that moment about how bad it was. No, I was encouraging, cheering myself, how am I going to come back again? Can you imagine how it helped me to overcome that setback? So I want you, people may come close to you to talk about the wound, but don't talk about it at the moment. Let it heal. See yourself. That setback was a stepping stone. That disappointment was an opportunity for you to go to the next level. That's how I took that bad experience. And I'm grateful because I never went back. I pushed myself forward. I took my doctorate degree in strategic leadership and I started to coach and mentor people. And finally, I'm paid for what I do. But back then, it felt like it was bad. The third thing I want you to do is when you encounter with people who don't believe in you, people who may belittle you, I don't want you to react based on the reality because they are treating you based on your potential. They look at you and say, you know what, this guy, and they may undermine you, belittle you, even may say something that's illegal. I don't know how you want to pursue that kind of things. Me, I don't want to get mad about it in front of that person. Or behind that person. I don't. My focus is this person doesn't know me. If they knew me truly, they would have treated me differently. And I don't want to lower myself to their level and talk about that as if, you know, that's important to me. It's not. I can give you an example. I dressed casually some years back and I went to join a club. They have a swimming pool, they have tennis court and so on. I said, I need that. It's a little bit expensive, but I said, I want to join that club. I walked into that club. At the front desk, there were two individuals. One at the front, you know, welcoming people. Another one working on a computer. 
I stepped in and I said, hi guys, how are you? The guy at the phone said, how can I help you? He didn't even greet me. He was shocked I was there. Say, how can I help you? I said, I want to join the club and I need more information. I see shock in his face. He didn't talk to me. Actually, he turned back to that person and said this. It doesn't, you know, cease to amaze me. Some people, they don't even know where they don't belong. And he shocked, you know, shook his head and walked in without even responding to me. How did you feel when you are mistreated like that? You could get mad, poke his face and say, No, no you don't know me who I am. I know. How do you? No. The guy was so nice, the one who was sitting in front of the computer. He you know, stood up and said, I apologize. You know, don't pay attention to this guy. This is a pain. In the... And he talked to me. Actually, I determined right there not to be mad. Talk to this person who was very nice, very nicely. I don't want to blanket judge everybody in that company. I talked to that person nicely. I understand what's going on. You know, it's okay. And then I got my information. I walked out. I sat down in my car. Remember this. We are humans. We're going to experience some emotions when we are mistreated, when we are undermined and belittled. In my car, here is what I treated that event. If this person knew that I can afford this, if this person knew that not only I can join that club and deserve to join, but also I can even help him to develop his softer skills. I could have helped and coached his managers to raise and empower people like, like him who interface with their clients. They're losing a lot of money because of that kind of jerk. And that's my profession. I should have been even paid to help his managers and this employee. He didn't know me. So this is not my job to argue with him. I know my potential. I know there are places where I'm invited to empower. So why would I take that moment and ruin my mood? Or even you know, involve in fight or argument with somebody else and lose my mood because I'm an underdog. It's okay. It's, it's normal. People look at you, your gender, your age, your social status. Because I dressed casually, he thought, you know, this guy doesn't belong here. I don't blame them. Our status, my status as an underdog, prompt people to mistreat us. And this is the reality. Let's accept it and keep on basing our conversation on our potential. So when next time you stand in front of your mirror or make conversation with the people who care about you, love you, or people who undermine you, remember they are converse, making conversation based on who you are and what's going on right now. This is your job to turn around the conversation inside your mind or with other people based on your potential. If you keep on doing that, what happens? Your potential can take you to the next level. The good thing is this. If you remember the seeds and the farmer and the driver and the car, the seeds in the car, they are dependent on the farmer and the driver. In your case, the, the good thing is you are the, the, the farmer. You are the driver of your potential. 
You are the one going to make that decision. You don't need to worry about limitations like, you know, post signs on the road that tells you drive only 35 miles per hour, drive 65 miles per hour. No. In the highways of life, you can determine the speed of your life because you know your potential. I'm not saying go and be reckless. I'm not saying first know your potential. If your car goes up to 250 miles per hour, go to a freeway where you don't have any signposts and drive it to the max. Break the limits. In life, first know your potential, how far you can go and drive it. Because it's very, very sensitive how you treat yourself. Your conversations, they are very important. They dictate your subconscious mind on how you treat yourself. And remember, if you treat yourself very well, others treat you very well. If you speak good about yourself and make sure that you always measure yourself based on your potential, chance is that you can attain your potential. You can turn yourself from an underdog into great. And this decade is for you to push your potential to the limit by being potential conscious. Thank you very much for watching. I look forward to see you in the next episode. Until then, keep on pushing potential one push at a time. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.